Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Curtis. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and joining me today on the podcast to recap week one of Georgia football's 2021 spring practice is my co-host Curtis, and obviously, yes, I am well aware this episode is more than a few days late, but with the George Pickens ACL news breaking earlier in the week, we just had to push this episode back in favor of doing that emergency Pickens injury podcast that we ran earlier this week. We originally recorded this episode Tuesday evening, and now what I'm doing now is I'm actually re-recording the intro to this episode in the aftermath of the Pickens news and having to move this episode back. I just wanted to make sure to explain here at the top why we are just now discussing the storylines from week one. I didn't want you guys to think we were getting lazy on you. So given that we are about, what, about a week and a half now into spring drills, I guess we can just call this spring practice week 1.5 update. We'll go with that. And this is something that we're going to do each week for the duration of spring practice. That's the plan, to do a recap of all the news coming out of spring practice each and every week, all the way through G-Day in mid-April. And with these weekly recaps, we're going to open with and really focus on the actual hard, verifiable news that has been reported publicly by all the great men and women who cover the Georgia Beat. But we also know that you guys want to hear about some of the more unofficial whispers that we are hearing around town. Please understand, guys, by no means are any of us here on the Glory J podcast like quote-unquote insiders. Definitely not. We don't have inside access to the program or anything like that. But we, we do live in and work in Athens and have for years now, well, at least Charlie and I do, can't say that for Curtis anymore, but what that does, it allows us to hear things from time to time, and and we don't mind sharing some of those whispers that we hear with you guys uh, for whatever they're worth. I mean, seriously, sometimes it's a lot, and sometimes not so much, so definitely take it for whatever it's worth, but we often get asked on, on social media what we're hearing like behind the scenes and so like I guess when we hear things it's okay to share that with you guys we usually don't do that a ton here because we don't like to traffic in rumors 
we like to kind of stick to the hard, verifiable stuff. But when you run a podcast like this, I know people really want to get the scoop on what's going on. And I don't know if I have all the answers, but I do hear some things from time to time. And so I'm happy to share that with you. But again, just take it for what it's worth. But let's go ahead and get started with the hard news coming out of the first week of spring drills. Obviously, with this being the first week, which does include an acclimation period, there wasn't necessarily a ton coming out of practice. We didn't even get into any kind of pads at all until Saturday's practice. But still, we're going to hit some of the highlights coming out of this first week of spring drills. And Curtis, almost certainly the most surprising news, at least as far as I'm concerned, coming out of week one, at least surprising on the surface, maybe. I think it kind of makes sense if you think about it. But at least when I first heard it, I was like, whoa, really? Okay. But the most surprising thing was that the report that former four-star running back and early enrollee out of IMG Academy, Lavoisier Carroll, has at least for the time being been moved to cornerback full-time. All right. Now, Kirby did have this to say when he was asked about it. He said, quote, I would not say that it's permanent. I would say it's a spring experiment and we'll go from there. So, at least for now, he's a full-time cornerback this spring. We'll see what happens in the future. But Kurt, let's just start here. When you look at Lavoisier Carroll, a guy that's really been a running back his entire career, has great speed, was a big-time player for them in IMG Academy, one of the, one of the top football programs in the country. That's all they do is they just play football there. But is this the right move at this point to give Carroll a shot at cornerback? I think it is the right move. I think, um, you know, a lot of people bring up the whole Malcolm Mitchell thing, but I think the biggest difference is, is our depth at running back right now makes it to where realistically, you know, we had talked in previous shows that we don't really see him getting on the field much, if at all, this first year. And if he really wants to get on the field, the easiest path currently for him to get playing time. And we're so deep at the running back position too that he could take a spring and – do this and, and not worry about being left behind because the fact of the matter is he wasn't going to play so why not give him a chance and, and realistically yeah we recruited him at running back but he was an athlete I mean almost every recruiting service had him as an athlete so I don't hate the move it's not like where you're taking someone that's a straight up running back like say you took someone like James Cook and tried to make them a DB just because of their skills or like even when you initially made the move with Mark Webb it's nothing like that yeah, but I mean, at least the past couple of years, IMG, this guy was not playing DB really at all. He, he was a full-time running back the past couple of years at IMG. So I don't, like, I, I totally agree with the argument that like, hey man, this guy was not going to play in year one. Like we're just loaded at running back right now with James Cook coming back, with, with Zeus coming back. There just weren't enough, there's, not, there's just not enough carries to go around for this guy. Now, if those guys hadn't come back for another year, then maybe it's a different story, but they did come back. So I get that. That makes a lot of sense. And I, again, I'm kind of with you. I don't necessarily hate it. I was kind of surprised at first, maybe because I just hadn't really considered this move. I thought there might be some guys that might get a look at cornerback um, that maybe hadn't played that in a while, but I, I didn't really think Lavoisier Carroll would be one of those guys. But you're right. He was listed as an athlete on some of these recruiting services. So, I mean, and he has a skill set to do it. He is a really good athlete. I just don't know. Like he definitely, I definitely don't think he would have played any at running back this year, uh, except for mop up duty. But do you really think that he's gonna be able to pick up cornerback enough after really not playing it for the past couple of years? Pick up enough to uh, to factor in this year, even though we don't have that much depth. Do you really think he can make a move there? Um, with our DB coaches, I think I got especially this new guy. He seems like a great teacher, and I have to give them the benefit of the doubt at this moment that if he was pressed to the service, he would at least provide a depth piece that we don't currently have right now. I mean, I I don't think he's expected to be a starter or even a second string guy, but 
you need to have like, until our depth improves at the DB position, we have to have emergency people. Do you think this was just about depth, or is this maybe um, indicative of how we feel about some of the guys that, at least as fans, we think we're going to be counting on? Am I, am I just reading too much into that? I think it's more into depth. I mean, yeah. I don't. You could say it's indicative of who we have, but realistically, I look at him as more of like an emergency piece. Like I mentioned, like if something bad was to happen, he was thrust in there. Like he at least has reps there. Yeah, it's football. It's a contact sport. Injuries happen. So and you have to have depth. You obviously have to have starters, but you need some guys behind them because we saw it last year and really past couple years. Plenty of guys get injured. This is football. It happens. Um, so, yeah, again, I'll go back to what you said. I don't necessarily hate this move. Um, you didn't bring up Malcolm Mitchell. I'll bring up a couple other guys. Miko Harbin, Richard Samuel back in the day, the Mark Richt era. Uh, those are some guys where there were experiments with them at different positions. Like, to me, those are guys that should – that. Had a position coming in, they probably. But you could also bring up Tay Crowder. Tay Crowder, absolutely. Yeah, that's another great point. So there's a couple of success stories. I would say Tay Crowder is a success story. Mark Webb is a success story where he's a guy that coming in, I remember his first spring here, his first camp here, his first fall camp, there were pretty good reviews coming out of camp about Mark Webb as a receiver, but we had a couple injuries at DB. We were kind of stacked at receiver at that point. So you think this guy has the skill set to play DB? He's physical. He's got he's got some thickness to his game, so maybe give him a shot. And yeah, it was a work in progress early on, but he worked himself never into an elite corner, but into an elite star. But a guy that was certainly a, a more than a contributor. This guy started for us for multiple years. Whether I know he got killed at times for his coverage ability from the star position, but he was a big time contributor for us. So there there are plenty of success stories, but there are also those other stories. We got Miko Harbin who spends his first year at DB, and now Miko obviously uh, turned himself into a really good receiver. And is on an NFL roster now, doing good things for the Kansas City Chiefs. But don't you think, on some level, Curtis, that kind of stunted Miko's growth as a receiver at the college level? I, I mean, I think you could say that, but I think also the count, the way I counter that is the kid had they gave him the choice. Oh yeah, sure. um, it's not like they're pressuring these kids into doing it either, and so they they have to take responsibility in their own part because at that time I believe Nicole saw the thought he could do more long term in the cornerback position you know the Champ Bailey type role so yeah, he was all in like, on that yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. I also want to mention that as like it may have hurt him long term with the receiver not long term but just for a little bit but I, I think that also these kids have a say in it and maybe they want right. to get on the field quicker too yeah, and that all makes sense. I'm completely cool with that. And I'm sure Lavoisier Carroll is on board with this, too. I'm sure it wasn't just like, hey, dude, you're doing this. No, I don't care what you think. I don't think that's how that went down. But I, I just, I, I guess sometimes I'm hesitant when you see position change like this. And, I, and I'm glad it's early on as soon as he gets here. That makes sense to me. I'm glad it's not like, you know, after his freshman year. But when you have the potential for guys going back and forth, it kind of just scares me. Because, yes, there are success stories where you see Mark Webb. You see Tate Crowder, but you also have – and I don't want to say Miko and Malcolm Mitchell weren't successful. Whereas those guys had great careers here in Athens. But I think – I don't think Miko really – I think he was only scratching the surface of what he could have been as a receiver while he was here. Now, maybe that part of that was our offense and quarterback limitations. Sure, you could argue that as well. But I don't think he was ever as polished as he could have been if he spent that whole first year learning receiver as opposed to learning DB. I think it all it worked out for him. He's in the NFL. He's making money. He's got a good career, good life. That's awesome. So I just, I don't know, sometimes it, it works out sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. Um, and so I don't know, it just, I think it could stunt your growth, but it could be the right move if it, if it all clicks for him. But if we're going to call it an experiment, I think that's okay, especially this first year. I'm okay with it this year, all right? Um, because if it doesn't work out, then like, what's the loss? This guy knows how to play running back. If we only try it for one year. He's not going to play this year. 
Running back, I don't think they're – I mean, there's certainly – there are technical aspects to that position, but not as much as maybe playing on a position like receiver or quarterback or something like that where there's just so much technique. There. Don't get me wrong. There is technique at running back, but a lot more of that is just natural athleticism, and I think he can pick that back up real quickly, even if he misses a full year trying to play DB this year. And who knows? Maybe it'll be one of those success stories, like you mentioned, with Tate Crowder and Mark Webb, where he changed his position early in his career, and it just works out for all parties. Uh, my next question here, speaking of that, is – do you think this sticks? Is this really just going to be an experiment that only lasts like a spring or maybe just his first year? Or is this kind of what we're going to see from Lavoisier Carroll moving forward? It actually wouldn't shock me to see him in like a star position because he has that physical build um, to where I think he could come up and be physical at the line of scrimmage, but is also athletic. Like, I don't think that we have to have him at running back, even long term. Like, if this recruiting class goes well, there'll be some decent separation to the fact that he could be the odd man out? Well, I think it, it depends on a couple things. It, none of this happens in a vacuum, right? It depends no, it on – doesn't. Like, I think a lot of yeah. it has to do with how we recruit this year specifically. Yeah, how many running backs are we able to land? Like, how, how do we feel about those running backs? Are they two high-level running backs? Uh, those things matter. Also, the guys we have on campus right now, how does Kendall Milton continue to develop? Uh, Kenny McIntosh, does he continue to develop? What about a guy like Dejan Edwards? How does he continue to develop? How do we feel about those guys on campus right now? I think all that matters. Now, we did only, like, he was the only running back in this class, right? So, like, if we would have brought another running back in this year, I would feel much better more saying, like, hey, yeah, this might just be a permanent move. But the fact that we only have one running back in this, I mean, let's think next year, let's think moving forward, Curtis, right? So, we're going to lose Zeus, we're going to lose James Cook. That means we got Kenny McIntosh, hopefully, assuming he doesn't transfer, Kendall Milton, Dejan Edwards, Lavoisier. Well, well, let's take Carroll out of it. And then whoever we sign in this coming class, right? So Branson Robinson might be one of those guys. There's a couple of guys we're going to running back. I think we have to take two guys at running back this year. So if we get two guys at running back this year or three guys coming back, that's five guys in the running back room. That If, if that's your depth, then you can potentially afford – to keep Lavoisier Carroll at cornerback if he really takes to that position. I think that's what it comes down to. Like predicting right now, is this going to stick? Is it not? Is he going to come back to running back? That's just, it's almost impossible to predict and because we have not seen him. For, I've not seen him play cornerback for one snap. So there's no way to know right now whether it's a long-term stick. I do think it matters. I think it depends on, like we said, the depth coming in, what happens to the guys this year, how they continue to develop, and how does he take to that position. So it's kind of up in the air. I hate to even try, kind of give an answer on that. I, I would just say to be determined based off how he develops this year and what happens with the running back room over the next year or so with recruiting, with guys in the transfer portal, so on and so forth, those kind of things. But at least for the time being, it looks like he's going to be a cornerback this spring, and it'll be very interesting to get a look at him during G-Day. He'll be high on my list of guys to watch to kind of see how he takes that position. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. 
Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right, speaking of position changes, it was also reported last week that outside linebacker Adam Anderson has been working extensively at STAR to open spring drills. We did touch on this a little bit earlier this week with the mailbag, but Curtis, I want to get your take on this too. I want to talk about this a little bit more in depth here. And here's some quotes from Kirby Smart over the past week in reference to Adam Anderson working at STAR. He said, quote, Adam is not a normal outside backer. He does a lot of different things. He's playing nickel star for us now. He still plays outside backer for us, some on third down. Basically, when you're an outside backer, you are the star. I know that sounds complicated, but in a 3-4 system, you have two outside backers. Every snap, we play 3-4. We have a star that has an outside backer, end quote. So, Kurt, I did talk about this a little bit earlier in the week, but I want to get your take here. How do you feel about Adam Anderson getting looks at the star position? I realistically if he's going to become an every down guy he's going to be asked to drop into coverage at times also because you saw that's one thing that kept um, someone like Jermaine Johnson on the field is that he was athletic enough to drop into coverage and you're even seeing if you're watching any of the you know break film breakdown of Aziz Ojolari some of them are looking at when he at the times he did drop into coverage and can he do it realistically to three forces going forward so I think that they're trying to fully get Adam ready to be an every down guy to where yes he can rush a passer but that, that, but that's not the only thing he is. Yeah, I, so you're down with it? You're good with this? I mean, I think, especially in the spring, I mean, the guy's played outside linebacker for a year, so it's not like he's, like, I think realistically they're too, like, refining, like, fine-tuning his skills because he's not going to lose his outside linebacker skills. But if you were able to teach him more so how to, you know, play in coverage and things like that, you make him that much more valuable as an every-down guy at the outside linebacker position. You're making him far more marketable to NFL scouts is what's happening. And you're also helping your team. In That's the process. one thing I, when I was watching Georgia's pro day that they kept hitting on with Aziz is they just weren't sure if he was an every down guy uh, of with his coverage skills. And that depends on what de- what scheme he gets and what defensive scheme he ends up with. And that yeah, but, but, that, but that, to me, it just showed how important it is for them oh, yeah. to be able to the show NFL that. Level, so sure. that's why with his versus – and Adam's athletics, athleticism already, it shows that, hey, it, it's understandable. And we've seen this with guys, like the question we got earlier in the week, we've seen this with guys like Lorenzo Carter, even going back with Leonard Floyd years ago. We've seen this. You know, I, I remember the first time we unveiled that against Auburn a couple of years back with, with their kind of run, their spread to run offense, and we completely shut them down with that. It, well, and you saw like what Alabama did to us where they kept us in our base system, and, and they're going to be asked to yeah. do that. So you yeah. have, this is the time you Bingo. develop that skill. Absolutely. That's it's just the way like my response to this is like what have offenses done? What what is one of the big innovations offensively the past couple years? Yes, okay, the spread, we know all that, but it's more personnel based. It's about hybrid skill players on offense. And that's been really tough for defenses to match up with. And for years, what they've been trying to do, and you guys have seen it, just run pack, different packages of guys on and off the field. But you can't do that when teams are running with tempo and they don't have to sub. So what do defenses do? As I said earlier in the week, you match with hybrid personnel of your own. That is exactly what Adam Anderson is. And, and my thing with Anderson, Carson, you and I have been talking about this for months now. I'm going back to the middle of this past season. This guy's got to be on the field. He's too talented, too disruptive too much of a weapon not to have him on the field. He's got to be on the field. We always talk about how great coaches mold their schemes to fit their talent. Usually you hear that more with offenses, right? Like, hey, whatever quarterback you got, you got to you got to fit your system around the, the, the talent you got. 
Well, defenses have to do that too. Defense, defensive coaches have to do that too. And I think this is an example of that where you're taking this guy with a unique skill set and you're kind of molding your defense to a degree to fit what this guy does. You're changing things. You're getting a little bit more creative with that. And, and what, what guys, what Kirby's talking about, go back to one of those quotes that Kirby had there saying that like we run a 3-4 system. You have two outside backers. Every snap we, that, we're, that we're in a 3-4, you have a star that's an outside backer. I know for some people that might be like, huh, what's he talking about? Stars and outside backer? That's a totally different position. What he's basically talking about is like, yeah, you might change the personnel, but in, he's talking about in terms of run fits. So the star, like when Mark Webb was the star, yeah, he's a DB by trade, but against the run, like, yeah, he had coverage responsibilities when, when when teams dropped back to pass, but he basically functioned as the second outside linebacker against the run with his run fits. And we also use him to a lot to bring pressure. So why not do that with a guy like Adam Anderson? Like we've talked for months now about how we need to put more of an emphasis on rushing the passer defensively. We've been so good on defense, but my one big criticism still is that we just – we don't put enough of an emphasis on rushing the passer. We sacrifice pass rush in the name of slowing down the run, in the name of being uh, more structurally, having more structural integrity in the back end against the pass, which all that makes sense. But all I'm saying is, like, is, are all these things mutually exclusive? Can't we have both at the same time? Can't we also emphasize rushing the passer more? And I think this is how you do it. Get Adam Anderson on the field. Use his unique athleticism. Because, look, Lorenzo Carter, great athlete. Leonard Floyd, great athlete. Curtis, am I crazy? Is it crazy that Adam Anderson might be a better athlete than both those guys? May, I, I think him and, Leonard, him, and, him, and Lorenzo, him and Lorenzo Carter would be good. I don't think Leonard Floyd is actually that great of an athlete. Oh, I, I think – I guess what I'm saying – maybe the fluidity of their game. I think Leonard Floyd is more natural in coverage than Lorenzo was. Oh, yeah, more but fluid. no one can be more athletic than what Lorenzo can do. But, yes, Floyd is yeah, more – Yeah, Lorenzo, like his, his combination of size, athleticism, speed, all that, like the whole combo, he's got that. But I think Anderson, he reminds me a lot of Leonard Floyd and just how fluid he is out there. And also, yeah, how thin he is, let's just be real. But he's just a fluid athlete. I think he's more natural – Look, I haven't really seen – we've seen him dropping like zone coverage plenty of times when he's in there in our money package, in our in our third down package, but in our dime package, I should say. But we haven't seen him play a ton of man-to-man, and that's where my concern is. But I do think he has the athletic profile to be able to learn how to do that. Now, will he learn it well enough in time to go out there and do that consistently against Clemson in week one? We'll see. But I think he has the potential to do that. So, yeah, I mean, look. If, if Adam Anderson's out there playing star in space, like let's say Tyreek Stevenson was at times last year, like Mark Webb was at times last year, will we sacrifice some in pass defense? Like, yeah, almost certainly. But my point would be that we've sacrificed the pass rush far too much in the past. I'm willing to sacrifice pass defense a little bit in the name of getting more consistent pass rush because that is how you disrupt all these offenses that are killing you in the passing. Yeah, you got to be able to cover them too. I get that. But what we've got to be able to do more consistently is affect the passer. And I think this is a way to do that. And look, there's still going to be plenty of packages where we have a DB in that spot. I, I, I want to caution people and don't take this news and what Kirby's quotes is saying like, Adam Anderson is going to be our full-time star, like a down to down. I don't think that's the case. I, I, I would be shocked if that's the case, actually. I still believe we're going to have packages where we have a DB in that spot. But we all seem to have packages where Anderson is playing star himself. And oh, by the way, Kirby, we've talked a lot of this offseason about how like we're so thin at DB. Isn't this a way to kind of neutralize that to a degree? Yeah, it is. So it kind of, you know, you're solving, 
solving quite a few problems in one stroke here. So I like it. I actually I love it. I love this. Uh, my next question here, Curtis Collins asked with Lavasse Carroll. We're hearing, so we hear Kirby talk about this right now. It's big news come out of week one. Do you think this sticks going into the 2021 season? Him at star or just the dropping? Him the at star. Him playing star. No. At least having packages no. within the star. Him, uh, or maybe a package, yes, but realistically, no. I'm going to go like a 100,000% that he, there are, at the very least, going to be packages with him. Yeah, and, and there'll be packages because it's way to get more speed and pass rushing on the field and blitz and stuff, but. I think what we'll see is a lot of what we did back in 2017, which is what one of the questions that we got earlier in the week alluded to, like with Lorenzo Carter, we really unveiled against Notre Dame up there in South Bend, and we used it all throughout the season. Again, it's a way to match hybrid offensive skill talent, skill personnel with hybrid defensive skill personnel. So, yeah, I think we're going to do this. Look, I, just like in 2017, Lorenzo was not a full-time star. We had packages where we actually brought a DB into play star, but – against certain personnel groups, against certain teams based off what they do schematically, I think Adam Anderson will see a fair amount of time at star. I really do, in a very similar way to what we saw from Lorenzo Carter. And I'm sure we'll have a little twist on it as well because Anderson can do a lot of things. I mean, he's such an incredible, just pure pass rusher. But, yeah, I'm excited. I think this is a way to get him on the field. Because, yeah, I know he's gained a little bit of weight, but I just still at this point don't know if we're going to expect him to get up to like 240 or 45 pounds like he needs to to consistently hold up as like a true in like – online scrimmage outside linebacker. I think this is a way to really utilize his talents and get him on the field to where he can make an impact. I love it. All right, next up here, uh, rarely, I want to say this, rarely is anything ever decided during spring practice, but I still love it anyway because it gives us at least some small taste of football to break up the very interminable offseason. But saying that, I love it. But the possibility of players suffering serious injury that could derail our season, that also absolutely horrifies me. It scares me to death. My heart stops ever so slightly every time I open a page uh, to look at a practice report. I, I, I'm dead serious, guys. Like I'm like, It's like a little heart flutter every time. Like, oh, my God, please, like no one get hurt. Please, no one hurt. And, of course, it didn't take long for the injury bug to jump up and bite us this spring as running back Kenny McIntosh is uh, – looks like he's going to be out. Most reports say he's likely out for the rest of spring drills with an elbow injury. The good news is it doesn't seem to be anything long-term. This guy, you know, go back to last year, he seems to, be, he had, seems to be getting nicked up quite a bit here. But he's likely out for the rest of spring, Curtis. So my first question here as it relates to Kenny McIntosh is how much does this set him back in his push to earn more carry? He's a guy that you and I were both very high on last year. And then we're both, I know we were both hoping he can kind of work himself into more of a role this year. How much does this set him back in his push to do that? I think it does set him back a lot because I think the fact of the matter is Kendall Milton is coming on strong yeah, and he's going to be challenging him for some reps. I mean, I know uh, Kenny Mack brings some stuff in the passing game, but realistically, if he wants to get reps outside the passing game, he did hurt himself because I I Kendall Milton off long-term. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, I, I'm with you, man. I, I don't like, this is nothing that he, like, I'm not saying he can't, I mean, it's not his it fault, a yes, but, it, but it'll be a repercussion of, you know, an unfortunate yeah. repercussion. Yeah. I mean, it's a minor setback. I mean, it's a couple of weeks, but, you know, I'll tell you guys, I'll tell you what, like I've been coming back from a back injury and I haven't been able to run as much as I normally like to. And this is just me. I'm an old man. So these guys recover a lot better than I do. But just a couple of weeks, not be able to run like I want to. And you get out there and you start running again. And it's like, wow, my cardio is like gone. And it's just a matter of weeks. And that after you've been spending like years trying to build that up. Um, and so like, yeah, I mean, look at the minor setback. He'll be back in a couple of weeks. No problem. But when you have other guys and the competition is so close, 
that might give them an edge to jump over you. The coaches, they get more reps. The coaches to see more of them. You know, it, it's almost, I don't say inevitable, but it's certainly very likely those guys will get a little bit of a jump on him here. And like what he's doing right now, he's not going to be our starter. As much as I can push him as a guy, I think he's the, uh, the best, like, all-around back that we have. He's truly fighting for those number two, like, true running back carries behind Zeus. Of course, James Cook's going to be involved. He's like a, we don't really use him like a true, true running back. We kind of use him as an all-purpose guy in different ways. So he's fighting to get more carries. And I do think this is, at the very least, a little bit of a setback. He's not going to get in those reps where he needs to improve because as much as we're pushing Kenny McIntosh, as much as I, I build this guy up, he's got some things he's got to improve on. I think he needs to run more behind his pads. He needs to improve his contact balance. Sometimes he gets hits and he, get, you know, he just kind of loses his balance. Um, he, sometimes he dances too much in the hole. He's got to hit the hole a little bit harder. So there's things that he's got to improve on. And spring practice is the time you improve on those things. It's really all about us and just getting better. You're not game planning for anyone. You're just trying to get better. You're working on your technique, and this is the time for that. So I do think it's a little bit of a setback. Uh, I guess my next question, Curtis, you kind of already answered, but I'll just throw it at you anyway here. So who might use this as an opportunity to improve their own standing at running back with McIntosh down for the count for a couple weeks? No question, it's Kendall Milton because he was coming on strong until he actually got the hyper to me. He was a yeah. he was I, I thought he was going to steal some reps from him just because even last year. So if, if Kendall Milton stay healthy, it's good. I mean, he can honestly challenge Zeus in his own right because they're very similar runners, and I actually think Ken, Kendall Milton's stronger. I'm very excited to see what we have in Kendall Milton. We saw flashes of it last year, right? He got the hyper extended. I think, I think outside really of James good. Cook, he may have the best pure vision that we don't realize that you just don't realize, and he gets yeah. he, he eats up yards quickly. Got that long stride. Yeah, I really like him. I think this guy can be a number one back, no doubt about it. Uh, and look, him and honestly, I think there is a really good argument to be made that both he and McIntosh long term might be better than Zamir White. I don't I mean maybe Zamir White comes out and has like a, a killer year and he takes that huge step. We've all been waiting. He was good last year. Maybe he becomes elite this year. Maybe I hope to God that happens. You guys know we love Zeus. But if you the flashes we saw from Kendall Milton and Kenny McIntosh in the, in the limited playing time they got. You're like, oh, oh, okay. These guys, uh, give them a year or two. They might be like legit, legit. And Kendall Milton is right there with Kenny McIntosh. So, yeah, I think this is really going to benefit him. What about a guy like Dejan Edwards? Does this allow him to maybe get some more looks there and win some trust for the coaches? Um, I mean, he'll get more looks, but I don't – he's just not better than Kenny You just don't see him on that level. Yeah. It's almost like that time where you have like – It's almost like the times where like this – you have G day in spring practice and the stars like Nick Chubb and Sony were sitting out and all these other guys were getting tons of reps, like the old, uh, uh, the guy Todd Gurley passed up Ken, Kenny, uh, Ken Malcolm or whatever his name Ken was. Malcolm. Yeah. Yeah. Like how they would get those reps. And you're like, Oh, this God, that's a good. Name from long ago. But yet they're still just not on that level. Yeah. Like good player, serviceable player guy that can come there and, and eat up some yards for you make some plays, but not like that level. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree with you there. But uh, all right, Curtis, I know you've got to run, man. So have a great rest of the week, my friend. And we will talk to you next week, buddy. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.
All right, I guess Curtis already checked out. I know he had uh, something to get to with law school, but I'm going to keep rolling here for a few more minutes, and that's just about the extent of the hard news that was reported during the first week, I guess week and a half now of spring practice. But as I promised at the outset of this episode, we know you guys love to hear what we are hearing around town that might not be reported by the mainstream outlets because it's stuff that no one is going on record with. We get, we get asked, we do all the time by different listeners, what we are hearing about this guy or that guy or what's going on here, what's going on there. So we figure we just put it out here on the show with a very massive caveat to take all of these, again, quote unquote whispers, uh, I guess that's what we're going to call them, uh, take them with a massive grain of salt. I have not seen one second of any practice nor will I. So everything that we have heard is secondhand at best and oftentimes third or even fourthhand sometimes. And even if you choose to believe any of this, you have to understand that everything that I'm going to tell you here that I've heard is through other people's eyes. And people inherently have their own biases. And this time of year, hope is at an all-time high, which can certainly skew how people view things. Rarely do, I'll say this, when I when it's spring practice and I'm kind of hearing some things from different people, from different sources, I rarely hear anything like negative during spring practice. It's always like hope springs eternal. Everything is great. Everyone's awesome. Everyone's going to be an All-American. So I just want to put that out there. Uh, and, and even when I'm hearing things, I'm always like, hmm, okay, I, I trust this guy. I trust this. But, you know, let's take it with a grain of salt. Understand that this time of year is always rave reviews. Everyone's getting better. All those kind of things. So again, I know I keep saying it, but just just be skeptical and take all of this with that massive grain of salt. But regardless, here are a few whispers that I have heard over the past week, week and a half or so. And I'm going to start here. Let's start with the defense, actually. I've heard this a couple of different times that this 2021 defense this is Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean's defense. Both these guys, from what I understand, have really taken on that leadership role. Maybe that's not all that surprising. Jordan Davis has been that guy for a year or so now. N'Kobe's kind of coming into his own. I think he was going to be a logical choice with how he's respected around the, uh, the locker room. And actually, one one thing that I, that I was told was that guys shut up and listen to Jordan and N'Kobe when they speak. And I when you talk about leadership, that's one of those things that's kind of nebulous. It's like, what does that actually mean? How much of an impact does that actually have? But I am of the opinion that leadership does matter. Uh, now, you got to have players, of course. You have guys that are talented and go out and get the job done on the field. But there's a lot of talented teams that don't really achieve to the level that people expect them to achieve. And I think part of that is maybe they don't have the leadership they need. So I think leadership does matter. And it's good to at least hear we are in good hands on that side of the ball from that perspective when you consider all the guys that we are having to replace. Guys like Eric Stokes, Aziz Ojolari, Tyson Campbell, Mark Webb, Richard LeCount, Monty Rice. I mean, these are these are some big-time, not only big-time players on the field, but some big-time locker room presences that, that we're missing going into 2021. And we have a lot of guys returning, sure, but it's good to have these guys like Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean at least Right now, it seems like they're stepping up and kind of filling what might have been a leadership void. So that's great there. Uh, number two, let's go. Let's talk about one of the true freshmen real quick. I don't have a ton of. I mean, this is again kind of offhand. It's it's nothing like in depth here, but I know Amarius Mims, offensive tackle, one of the high, most highly rated guys in this class. Depending on what service you look at, the most highly rated recruit in this class. He is, from what I've been told, I, the, here are the the words I've gotten to describe Amarius Mims. I've gotten freak and a monster. So th- that's what I'm hearing about this guy right now. But 
let's pump the brakes a little bit. What I'm also being told is like, yeah, when he gets on the field, he looks the part, he, he plays the part when he knows what's going on, but right now he has no idea what's going on. And I, I, I don't want you to draw any conclusions either way. I mean, at least I would, you can do what you want. I would encourage you to not draw any conclusions either way. When you got when you have a true freshman early enrollee who's been on campus for a couple of months going through his first spring practice, I don't care who you are, your head is spinning. That's just the reality. And when you have an offense that's now going to its second year, there are some guys ahead of him that have more experience in this system. So I don't expect him to get looks with the ones or anything like that right now. I haven't been hearing that, but what I've heard is that this guy is like physically the real deal. Again, freak, a monster, all those things. Hearing the kind of things that you want to hear at this point, because right now you don't expect that guy to be like a finished product from like a knowledge standpoint, understanding like what to do technique-wise, all those things. That will come with time. Hopefully he'll be further along when spring is over. That's what spring is for. But in terms of like the reviews of what this guy looks like and what he can do athletically, Right now, the, the reviews are, are raving pretty highly about this guy. So hopefully he can figure out what's going on. Because again, I told you guys several times, I think the left tackle position, I think it's wide open. I think both tackle positions are wide open. If he can figure out what to do, it doesn't seem like the physical side is the problem. It's just the mental side and just figuring out what to do, as is often the case for these young freshmen who are just freshly on campus here. Um, let's talk about another true freshman real quick. I know all eyes right now are on the cornerback position because we just have very little to no experienced returning depth there. Um, so Nyland Green, as an early enrollee cornerback, is a highly rated early enrollee cornerback. Is a guy that a lot of people are very curious about, including myself as well. Um, I was essentially told the same thing about Nyland Green as I was about Amarius, Amarius Mims. Sorry, I keep saying that wrong. Amarius Mims. Forever I thought it was Amarius, but now apparently it's Amarius. I guess it's always been Amarius, and I was just an idiot and got it wrong. But I've been hearing a lot of great things about Nyling Green as well. Along the same lines of Mims, what I've been told is that the physical tools are all there. Obviously, he's not like a monster like Amarius Mims. He's not that big and physical. He's a different kind of guy. He's a cornerback. But the physical tools are all there from what I've been told. But again, like Mims, his head is spinning right now, which again, like, that's to be expected. That doesn't scare me off at all. It doesn't mean he's not going to be able to play, not going to be able to be a contributor this year. But the good news is that all early indications based off what I've been told are that he's a really good dude, just a really great young man with a great work ethic, the kind of guy you want in your locker room, like a culture, cultural fit kind of guy, that kind of guy who just wants to get better. Um, he seems, from what I hear, is a quieter guy right now who's um, not really taking on like a vocal leadership role, which again, you wouldn't expect a guy as a true freshman to do, but a quieter guy who's just really eager to be coached and just really eager to get better. And that's music to my ears when you hear these kind of things about a guy that's really talented that he wants to get better, that he wants to be coached, that he's humble, he's quiet, those kind of things. Th- that Those are things I love to hear. So I've always said, I've always been of the opinion that when it's when talent meets preparation and work ethic and character and attitude, all those things, when those things unify and merge, that's when you get greatness. I don't know if Nyland Green's going to be great, but I know he's a talented young man from an athletic standpoint, and I love what I'm hearing behind the scenes about this guy, about what kind of dude he is. That just, to me, spells there's a really big possibility this guy could be a big-time player for us. And maybe as early as this year. We'll see. I haven't seen this, uh, this guy on the field for a snap, but I like what I've heard so far. Um, oh, God, this sucks. Actually, so again, um, I'm recording this this part after the picking stuff. So Curtis and I, we recorded uh, that part with him on, on the show on Tuesday, and I've gone back and recorded this uh, later in the week after the Pickens news. So I forgot that I had this on here in my notes. But yeah, I had a, I had a George Pickens note that he has basically been uncoverable 
uh, from what I've been told. So if that doesn't really matter now, let's just strike that out. That's depressing. God, that sucks. Anyway, let's move on to something else. Um, all right, you want some good news about another receiver? So here's something I've been told. Um, here's a quote I've gotten. Here's a quote I've got. It won't take long for people in America to find out who Arian Smith is. That's what I've been told. Won't take long for people in America to find out who Arian Smith is. Um, I think it's pretty well documented. I don't think I'm telling you anything you haven't heard about him, but he's the fastest guy on the team. Um, that's and, and the other guys are really fast. Keely Ringo's up there. Jalen Kimber's up there. But this guy is the fastest guy on the team for everything I've been told. And what I've also been told is it's not just the speed. He's got much better ball skills than people realize. I can't verify that with my own two eyes because I've seen the guy make, what, two catches in his career? Maybe one. How many catches did he make last year? I think two. Um, played just a handful of games, but certainly flashed when he was out there. So, I, But I didn't really see him have to flash ball skills. So I don't know that. I can't verify that. I, would, I can't wait to get a chance to see him so I can verify that. But um, from what I've heard from people I trust, that this guy is more than just speed. That's not his only game. He's got great ball skills, runs good routes, those kind of things, taking a big step this spring. So, early, well, I mean, as big of a step as you can in week one. I guess he's looking the part right now, which is good. Again, through week one, with an acclimation period, you, I don't know how much you're going to find out. Not really much. But when you look good to start like that, it's a good sign. It's a good sign. I'll just say that. It's a good sign. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, right? And, all right. I think this is the last one I've got here today. Um, this is not earth shattering. It's probably obvious if you think about it, but it's still good to hear someone say it. And I think Kirby actually, I think he alluded to this in his, maybe his first press conference, but I had someone else kind of follow up on it. And I was told that the offense is light years ahead of where it was most of last season. Again, that's not earth-shattering. That just kind of makes sense. It's kind of like a duh. Like, why are you even telling us this, Tyler? That's obvious. But again, it's just good to hear someone actually say that out loud, right? It's just good to hear that it that it, that actually, like, it's not only is it logical, but it's actually like reality. Um, we're still doing install, which is what you do the first couple of weeks of spring practice. But it um, seems like we have a much greater comfort level with what we're doing offensively. And to me, like, there's just there's just a big difference. I think this is the, the big difference this year. There's a big difference between learning something for the first time, which is what we were doing on the fly last year with no spring practice going into, into the 2020 season. There's a big difference between that, learning something the first time, and then enhancing your understanding of something you already know, which is what we're doing this spring. Now, obviously, we have some new guys that we've inserted into the equation, and they got to learn it all from scratch. Obviously, we know that, but we have a core of players that already have a pretty strong understanding of what we are doing offensively, having been in the system for a year, and right now, we're, they're just fine-tuning that, which is a really good place to be, even if George Pickens is not going to be a part of that. I hate to bring you guys down at the end here. So again, that last one, I know that's not earth-shattering, and that's probably something you already realize, and, and Kirby's already alluded that to himself, or alluded to that himself in one of his press conferences, but it is something that I also heard to kind of back up what Kirby said. So yeah, um, again, none of those things are, are, are crazy surprising, but I, I, again, I often get asked, wait, what are you hearing? What's going on with some of these guys? And um, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard right now. It's only, what, a week and a half into spring drills, so there's not much that's going to be coming out right now. If I, I'll keep putting my, my ear to the ground and, and putting some feelers out there, and if I hear anything else the next couple of weeks as we uh, have more padded practices, I will certainly come on here and uh, pass it on to you guys. So just want to put that out there for you guys, but thanks for listening, everyone. Really appreciate it. That's all we've got for you here today. We will be back next week covering spring practice again. Charlie should be with me to open the week, and we'll have Curtis back for the second half of the week. 
But again, thanks for listening, guys. Hope you guys have an awesome weekend. Uh, it's going to be a rainy weekend here in Athens. Hope it's not going to be raining where you guys are. But whatever it is, have a great weekend. And we'll be back here for you guys next week. I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs.